Hi everyone, it's Lila Winston here and I'm so glad you would join me here at One Love Live here at Love Walk and I want to invite you to be a part of this new series called Letters to God. Welcome. This is a series where we tackle tough topics and we find out how we can use the Bible to actually grow and really sort of make our lives better. I think a lot of times as believers, we take the Bible as just a holy book that we read and we hope that it will make us better people. And of course, reading the Bible really can do that for you particularly if you are a believer. But I want to give you some tips on how you can use the Bible more effectively and really kind of change the way that you engage with scripture so that it has a very active part of your life and that you know that there are things that you can actively do in order to continue to grow in the faith. So I want to thank you so much for joining me and stay tuned as we delve into our topic for today. God bless you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Letters to God. I'd like to welcome you to this special broadcast where we tackle subjects, specific subjects, and find out ways that we can overcome them by reading the Word of God. And my name is Leela Winston, and I host One Love Live here at Love Walk, the Bible study. Uh, today we're doing something different. It is called Letters to God. And so we're going to tackle the subject of anger today. So we're going to jump right into it. I want to... Um, look at the subject and then sort of examine it and then find some answers that we can get from the Bible and see how we can apply other kinds of spiritual techniques and I'm calling it that but spiritual techniques and I'll explain what I mean by that um, at the very end so first let's go ahead and look at the idea of anger or maybe you're always feeling angry um, or something makes you extremely angry and I want us to know some things about it because sometimes in our lives as we're living um, we get certain ideas about uh, certain emotions and certain feelings and sometimes they're not always correct so let's go ahead and examine anger it's important for us to understand that it is a very common emotion among humanity so don't let anyone tell you that feeling anger or that if you feel anger, it's unusual or that you need to sort of, you know, uh, ignore it or that it is a bad thing. Understand it's normal. It's a part of our humanity and that anger does two things. It's a demonstration of our humanity and it is also a demonstration of our likeness to God. I want you to remember that God also experiences anger and because we have have been made in his image we also experience anger too so feeling anger the emotion of anger that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you it's not something you should feel ashamed of if you feel it it's not something that someone should shame you for should you feel it it's an important emotion that you should be able to experience so let's um, let's experience let's um let's understand some things about anger and i'm just going to point these out one anger is normal 
two anger is an emotion it's important for you to understand that anger is an emotion anger also helps to inform us on injustice or slight or uh, when someone has done something wrong to us or others you might feel anger for someone else something that happened to someone else that's possible uh, for remember everyone experiences anger and then five people usually feel anger when there is a perceived slight or injustice so that's important to remember usually in most cases when people are angry it's because of a perceived slight or injustice someone has done them wrong also anger is neither good or bad i think that's critical to understand that anger isn't necessarily a bad thing i know people have done things when they were angry that were bad but anger in and of itself is not bad um, it's, I think, an important emotion and we shouldn't, you know, pretend that we don't have it. Um, also, anger is not a pleasant emotion. Let's just be honest. It's not an emotion that feels good. Um, it's not like a feeling of happiness or euphoria. It is an uncomfortable emotion. So anger makes us feel uncomfortable. Uh, it is also associated with stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. So stress hormones, they prepare us for action. They prepare us for flight or fight. And this is just scientific. You can just go ahead and look it up online if you want to Google it. Um, anger and other associated emotions, they prepare us for action because when you feel anger, you might be in a dangerous situation that's going to require you to use your physical might in order to get yourself out of the situation or to protect yourself or someone else. Um, and of course, like with the stress hormones, that often goes into the body. And so it's important also to understand that prolonged exposure to stress hormones can cause a breakdown in the body. So the body automatically is going to, um, it's normal, you're gonna feel anger, and then the body is going to produce stress hormones. The problem is when those stress hormones are in the body for a prolonged period of time, that's when it starts to break you down. That's when it starts to, you know, create situations where people gain weight or, you know, they start their, their health and immunity starts breaking down because the uh, stress hormones are staying in the blood staying in the body those stress hormones are supposed to rise when danger or some sort of situation arises so it gives you the equipment the tools the chemical tools to be able to respond quickly and efficiently but to have prolonged anger then causes a problem because you have prolonged presence of stress hormones so the problem comes in for believers is when we experienced prolonged anger or we are unable to control our actions due to those feelings or emotions of anger so these are important things to remember that the problem comes in in terms of anger is when we feel prolonged experiences with anger when we have prolonged experiences and then two when we are unable to control our own actions because of that anger so it's important for us to keep that in mind and i want to encourage you right now in the middle of our study as we're understanding anger and we're looking at it i want you to ask yourself do you experience prolonged anger anger that goes on for a prolonged period of time um, I think these are good questions to ask ourselves. And, you know, I know that in life, certain things happen, certain things are occurring in your environment, um, in your city, in your country that is causing certain things to occur. So you might have 
you know, different periods of your life or seasons of your life where you feel more, uh, more angry or less from time to time. So keep that in mind. Um, so here's some scripture. Let's go ahead and get some scripture on anger. Let's get some scriptures on it. So it gives us context. And the reason we go to the Bible is because we want to understand anger. And we also want to understand what the Bible says about it, because the Bible is going to give us a prescription of the best way to handle these kinds of emotions so that it doesn't cause us harm. And so that it can be a useful emotion to us. I don't believe that anger is a bad thing. So let's go to Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. It says, be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Now you remember we spoke just a few seconds ago about how prolonged exposure to stress hormones actually begins to break down the body and cause certain problems in the body. And so we understand now that while it's okay to feel anger, Prolonged anger is not a good thing. And the Bible says you can be angry. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, be angry, be angry. This is literally a verse that says, be angry, but it says, and sin not. So when you feel angry, when something makes you upset, the oftentimes, Um, We are tempted to do something that is not so good. We're tempted to do something uh, that perhaps we may regret later on. We're tempted to say something. We're tempted to do something. We're tempted to maybe get into some kind of physical altercation or do something that we may regret because we are angry. So the Bible is specific. It says be angry, but it says sin not. It also says let not the sun go down on your wrath. So it's saying it's okay to be angry for some time, but it's saying, don't let the sun beat you to, uh, don't let your anger beat the sun or maybe let your anger, you know, beat the sun. But either way, it's telling you that you don't want to be continually anger, angry. You don't want to bring that anger into the next day. You don't want to bring that anger from the day into the night so it's important and and i want to underscore one thing being angry doesn't mean that you completely forget what went wrong the slight or the injustice what it means is it's a way of cooling off your emotions it's not telling you that you're going to ignore the bad thing that occurred what it is saying is that you're not going to allow that emotion to continually reign inside of you Also look at Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse nine. It says, be not hasty in your spirit to be angry for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Think about that verse. Now, Ecclesiastes, of course, is the book, uh, also one of the books of wisdom. And this is telling us that prolonged anger, remember it says anger rests in the bosom of fools. That means everyone feels angry. Everyone has that anger in their chest when something happens, that emotion. But it tells us specifically in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse nine, that anger rests, it lays there, it sleeps. 
in the bosom of fools. So it's telling you it's foolish to let anger stay inside of you for a long time, to let it rest there. And it also tells you don't be hasty to be angry. I think sometimes we have a tendency to rush to be offended rush to be angry. I think, you know, we need to understand how powerful that emotion is and to conserve it. Does that mean that you're not going to give a correct response, alleviate the issue, um, or do something that changes the situation that causes the anger? It doesn't mean you're not going to do that. It just, it's just telling you to be careful about allowing yourself to quickly rise to the point of anger. So I want to, you know, underscore that part. When you become angry, you have to ask yourself the question, do you have a habit of striking out violently against the people around you? And I want to say that striking out violently does not always mean that you hit someone or you cause someone some sort of pain by striking them or beating them. It could mean that you say something violently against the person because verbal violence is real and just as easy as it is to uh, hit someone sometimes it's easier to say something that hurts someone so I want you to think about that are you striking out violently and not all people are striking immediately some people harbor anger and that makes them plot evil against others So I think it's important to understand that not everyone immediately says, I'm angry, I'm going to strike out. Some people say, I'm angry, I'm going to hold on to this anger and I'm going to craft a horrific plot to get you back for that horrible thing that you did. And that requires holding on to anger sometimes. Some people hold on to anger to do that. So I want us to remember that. So let's look at a couple of other scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 29, 22, it says, An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgressions. Wow. Wow. That is a powerful, powerful verse. So Proverbs is essentially telling us that when someone is angry, they have a tendency to stir up strife. Have you ever met someone who was continually angry? And it says a furious man abounds in transgressions. So to say a furious man, they're not talking about someone who's just angry at one moment, someone who continually stays angry. They abound in transgressions. And why is that? Because they're so consumed with the anger that they're not able to think clearly. And so they're consistently doing things that are transgressions. Whether those transgressions in a way are merited by the person who did them wrong or not, they continually and consistently do these things. And the importance of not being angry quickly, um, particularly when you're dealing with people in your life and at your job and at your work or your business or your church or your club or whatever in your family is the fact that sometimes you don't know why they did what they did. Sometimes people are not trying to hurt you even when they hurt you. And that's just the fact of life. So it's important before you get angry, don't be hasty to rush to anger, sort of slow things down so that you don't make a mistake and hurt someone. Also, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 is also a very powerful verse. It says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I want you to think about that. Now, a lot of times we use that scripture as believers to say, if you want something, you want to get something done, you know, be tactful in your speech. But I want to flip it around today. 
since we're talking about someone who maybe struggles with anger, I want to flip it around to you. I want to ask you, how are people in your life talking to you? How do they talk to you? Do you listen to abusive speech? Are you allowing abusive speech to come at you? A lot of people also, they listen to abusive speech by watching certain very, you know, brash and abrasive television programs. They watch, you know, different things online, on social media platforms. They watch certain videos and listen to podcasts of people that are just sort of ranting their life away. And I want to encourage you to kind of steer yourself away from those people. Because, you know, if you think about it, there are people who are sitting down, you know, at their podcast, at their video, at their studio to make things on TV and, and other places to really just kind of spew anger all day long. You know, the misogynists, they're always railing against women. And the misandrists, they're always railing against men. And there are lots of people who are saying grievous words, whether they're talking about spouse, parents, friends, you name it. And I want to encourage you to think about who is giving you grievous words. Are you listening to grievous words from your parents, from your friends, from your children, from your spouse? It's not supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to receive that. You weren't made to do that because if you are, remember what it says. It says grievous words stir up anger. So if you're having these grievous words coming at you, you're going to be angry. So you have to find a way to mitigate that. It's not a question of whether you can take these words or listen to these words from this podcast or from that video or from this television show or someone just ranting their head off you're going to be angry from that. So I want you to really sort of think about how you're ingesting things and what exactly is coming into your ears. And the word grievous in the Hebrew here means painful, hurtful, or toilsome. And the word soft means delicate or careful, considerate. So it says a soft answer turns away wrath. Think about that. And that is something that we want to think about when we engage with people um, and also when other people engage with us. I personally believe that more people need to be thoughtful about how they allow people to engage with them. If you have someone who's using abusive speech, you need to say, um, excuse me, let's stop for a moment. This is not appropriate. I don't want to receive this kind of speech. Now, I don't know, you might have your own way of saying it, um, I hope it's a good way of saying it, but it's important that you don't take these kinds of things in. And uh, another piece of advice, if we go down to Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 24, Proverbs is full of all kinds of wisdom that will help you have a more happy and joyful life. So we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24. It says, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man, you shall not go lest you learn his ways and get a snare to your soul. I want you to think about what that verse is telling you. Think about what it's saying. It's saying, don't be friends with someone you see that is always angry. If someone is always angry, it says that you're going to learn their ways and you're going to get a snare to your soul. And if we all know what a snare is, a snare is a trap. It means you're going to be trapped in something. It also says, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. 
you shall not go. That means don't even go with them. If you see they're angry, if you see they're furious all the time, just let them alone. And I'm gonna say some angry people can be extremely hilarious because some people know how to rant and say certain things in such a funny way that it makes you think to yourself, oh my God, this person is hilarious. But I would encourage you, if that person is angry, there is a chance you can get a snare to your soul. There isn't a chance. You will. The Bible says you will in Proverbs chapter 22, chapter uh, verse 25. So let's go on down and look at James chapter one, verse 19. This is a very powerful verse as well. It says, why my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Once again, we see the Lord telling us to be slow to wrath. Why should we be slow to wrath? Because you do not know all the time. Not everyone is trying to be hurtful or harmful or do something wrong to you. Let's look at James chapter one, verse 20. It says, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. So that what that simply means is that when we get angry and we want to exact our you know, brand of vengeance or whatever, it does not work God's righteousness because we are not able to stop and clearly see what God would want us to do in that situation. Am I saying that anger is not good? Am I saying that you don't have a right to be angry? No, but I am saying that, you know, sometimes when you're angry, like all emotions, it can be difficult to make decisions, uh, especially when it's a powerful, strong emotion like anger. So keep that in mind. So how are we going to change this? But let's just say you do feel angry and let's say you feel angry a lot. Maybe you feel angry about something that's happened to you in your past or someone who is continually doing something to you in your present. Or maybe you're in a situation where things are all around you, where something in your society is causing you to be angry. It's important then for you to transform your mind. You have to start looking at why you're getting angry, how you're going to be able to alleviate that, um, and also the right way to respond. So let's go ahead and look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and this is how we control ourselves. Remember before, it says it's okay to be angry, but do not sin. So how are we going to do that? We're going to do that by following Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Let's read both. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is a very important thing to remember that God has tasked us as believers to transform our mind because what your mind is thinking about, how your mind thinks about um, sort of ambulating through the world, moving through your environment is really going to affect how you respond when you get angry. So that is why transforming the mind is important. And the Lord asks us specifically, you see in this verse in Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, it's telling us that we are to transform our minds. We are to, that's something that we do. And I want to prove that that's our work and that our heart is something that God works on. So a lot of people are trying to work on their heart, work on their heart. Maybe that's not what it is. 
It's that you work on your mind, transforming your mind, but God works on your heart. So let's go ahead and look at that right now. In Ezekiel chapter chapter 36, verse 26, it says that God is going to take away that stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. Let's read it. It says, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh. So it's important for us to understand that as believers, I'm speaking specifically to believers. If you have not made a confession to Christ, repented um, and uh, determined to walk after the Lord in his way, then none of this actually applies to you. And I would suggest that you forget everything that I said, because this really does only apply to believers because God has given them the grace and the ability to be able to do these things. He's given them a spirit so that they're able to control themselves. So the Bible is telling us that when we become believers, God takes away our stony heart and he replaces it with a heart of flesh. So we're looking at something that God does. It's something that God does. We don't replace our heart. God does that. The Bible even says that the Lord engraves his word on our heart. So that's happening to us day by day as we live. His word is being engraved on our heart as we live and we go through certain things. And when we walk in the way of God rather than our own way, that is how that word gets engraved in our heart. So it's important to understand that there is the heart, the spirit, and the mind. And the word, you know, uh, and the world of the flesh and the world of Uh, the spirit are two different things. So if you're struggling with anger, it's really important for you to be able to understand that there's two worlds, the world of the flesh and the world of the spirit. Now the world of this flesh, that's any type of emotions you may get. When you get angry, it affects your flesh. Cortisol rises in you, you have these stress hormones. So we understand that anger is real, but it becomes a spiritual thing when it becomes prolonged when anger becomes prolonged. And that's when it goes into that spiritual realm where we have to start dealing with it on a spiritual level. So I want to also um, sort of underline how we can kind of stand in the gap. So a lot of times you say, so if anger is, is a natural thing, and then we have this spiritual thing that we're supposed to do you know, now as believers, how do we reconcile the two? And that's the important part that we want to get to right now. And that is understanding how to control that. When you get angry, the important thing is it's okay to be angry, but it is not okay to stay that way. And what it really requires you to do to keep you from staying angry is that it requires you to be proactive. A lot of people think that you know, in scriptures like that, it's asking you to be docile. It's asking you to just, you know, sort of roll over and let people do you in. No, it's calling you to come up with solutions and to act. It's calling you to control yourself and to create a greater level of discipline within yourself. The Bible tells us very specifically in Romans chapter 12, verse two, that we are supposed to renew our mind. How do you renew your mind as it pertains to anger? It means that you have to understand anger. And so I want to encourage you, if you're dealing with anger, I want you to go through the Bible, get yourself a good concordance and find the scriptures on anger, write them down and read them every day. 
it's important for us as believers to understand the concept of anger, to understand how it affects us, and to understand how God's, uh, God wants us to interact with these very natural and normal feelings uh, to get a good result. Let's go ahead and look at Isaiah chapter 26 and 3 because this adds another layer to our understanding. In uh, Isaiah 26 and 3 it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This is a really important aspect for us as believers. Remember we talked about the mind transforming the mind and now once again we're talking about um, we're talking about really sort of looking here and uh, keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. Now, what does it mean to be stayed? It means to support and rest on the Lord. So one way that can keep you from being really angry is to understand that God will give you wisdom on how to handle these certain situations that may happen in your life. So it's important to really keep that in mind. It keeps you from feeling powerless in your anger. It keeps you from saying, well, now the next thing for me to do is to just reach out and destroy someone because I'm so angry. And it also keeps you in peace because let's face it, when we're angry, we're not in a state of peace. And of course, God wants us to have peace. So here are some things that we can do to really deal with it. The first thing, of course, is pray. I think prayer is underrated. A lot of people don't understand how really sometimes simply praying can really change the way that things are happening in your life, can change the way you feel about things. So I wanna encourage you to pray. The second thing I wanna encourage you to do is to meditate. Now, we don't talk about this as much as believers, but it's a really important thing to do. When you get a few scriptures, perhaps the one that talks about perfect peace, I want you to meditate on it. Think about what it means to you. Think about what that might mean in terms of your life and in terms of that situation that's making you angry um, or making you upset. And then of course, there's fasting. This is really also very underrated. A lot of people don't know what fasting can do for you. And I want us to read, um, in Isaiah chapter 58, there's some really great scriptures there that we really should look at so that we're able to have a better understanding of fasting. Um, I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 5 to 6. It says, Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? I want you to remember that breaking a yoke is kind of like breaking a snare. Remember we talked about how um, that anger can be a trap. A snare is something that yokes you and traps you. And when we read that in, in Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 to 25, we saw that anger was a snare. And so if we're ensnared in a kind of anger, then we understand right now, just from reading this, that a fast can break a yoke. It can break that snare. Sometimes there are things that are more difficult to get out of than others. Now, some people might struggle with one thing or another. Some people 
you know, maybe they might struggle with sexual sin. Some person might struggle with pride. Someone might struggle with anger. Someone might struggle with depression or sadness. But nevertheless, sometimes those things can be a yoke because they have a tendency to be prolonged and stay in the life of a believer. And whenever you have something like that, we see now reading in Isaiah 58. And if you get a chance, I want you to read the whole chapter It really talks about how we break those bands through fasting. So it's important. It might be important if you're having an issue with anger to fast. Remember, we've gone over the first three steps. We said the first thing to do was to pray. Then the the second thing was to meditate on the word of God. And then, of course, the third thing was to fast. And what is fasting? It's not eating. You know, it's not, you know, perhaps not drinking at all during a day or several days, you know, for as long as you're able to do it or you feel um, sort of touched in your spirit to do. And I know a lot of people will say, you know, fast from things you like, like TV or maybe fast from sweet foods or things like that. And I think those are all sort of legitimate ways to fast. But I want to encourage you to fast the old fashioned way. That means don't eat anything. And if you have to work or you have to go somewhere or do something, maybe do a liquid pass where you drink water to make sure that you're hydrated or maybe fruit juice, a very basic fruit juice um, or a lemon or I'm sorry, a fruit zested water to kind of provide some nutrients for you. Um, I think those are important ways to fast because I think the fasting is really very important for us because it helps a man to afflict his soul. And that is why I want us to read Isaiah chapter 58. Um, Also, the Bible says, number four, transform your mind. And that will transform your actions because the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So if you ever want to change a set of actions, it really is a process of transforming your mind. And that is not something that we do overnight. Let's just face it. Even if, let's say, you have a spouse and you want them to change, there it's it's going to take time. It's going to take time take time to transform the mind. So it's going to take time for you to transform your mind to develop a new habit, a new way of doing things um, in the mind. So I want to encourage you to read the Bible. Reading the Bible on you know different scriptures, verses for tranquility, for peace for calm, understanding anger, what the Bible says about anger and wrath are very important to helping you to be able to transform your mind, to know what God thinks about it. Because as you know, our goal as believers is to become like Christ. We're supposed to be like him. We're growing in his likeness. So in order for us to get back to that, we have to have the mind of Christ. And it even says that in the Bible to have the mind of Christ and let this mind rule inside of you. So in order for us to do that, we have to know what Christ thinks. And the way to do that is by reading his word. And you can't know it any other way. And then, of course, the next one is supplication. A lot of times we don't think about this form of prayer, but supplication and the translation of it means to beg or to ask earnestly in a humble way. So it's okay to really beg the Father and say, Lord, help me with this. We have various instances in the Bible when people did this. Uh, There was a man who wanted the Lord to heal his child. And the Lord said, you know, if you have faith to believe, and he said, I have faith. And then he threw himself down and said, Lord, help thou my unbelief. 
I believe. So he's begging the Lord. So it's okay to do that. The Bible is specifically telling us about supplication. It's kind of a very deep sort of prayer. And then of course there's repentance. You know, sometimes we do get angry and sometimes our anger is prolonged and it has lasted longer than it should. And it's important no matter how many times that we do have a prolonged anger that we repent of it and say, Lord, I'm sorry, ask him for forgiveness and seek to do it differently the next time. Look for times when you do become angry, ask yourself, are you in prolonged anger? That's really a powerful thing to do because repentance is really the key. That's the only way that we grow. That's the only way you become a believer is that you repent. Um, And then of course, number eight is forgiveness not just of the person that made you angry, but also yourself if you've held on to prolonged anger. Sometimes people fall into a cycle or uh, sort of like a pattern of getting angry, maybe lashing out and then being angry at themselves for doing that. And that just really doesn't help anything, quite frankly. And not forgiving yourself for being human, for being frail, for failing, We all fail. That's why we need Christ, that no one is perfect out there. We're all going to make mistakes, but thank God for Christ that he sent his son Emmanuel, God with us, to help us to overcome that. And in time, we get better. But it's important that you also forgive yourself. That is how you get better. Holding on to those sorts of things, they don't add anything to your life and they don't help you to grow. So I want to encourage you to do that. So we've looked at a lot of areas, but I think it's important that whenever you have an area that you want to work on specifically is that you really name the problem, name the issue, write it down. After you've done that, go ahead and find scripture on that. Go ahead and find uh, places in the Bible where you can read about it and understand God's position on it. Because whatever God's position is on that, that has to be your position as well. And then, of course, you want to start uh, taking these steps in terms of prayer, meditation, fasting to change these things. And I want to add one other thing as a caveat before we close today. It's important that as you are moving forward, sometimes you're going to feel certain kind of anger. And if it's a repetitive kind of anger that continues on where it's in your environment, it's something that consistently happens that you are privy to, maybe it's time that you move yourself out of that environment so that you're not constantly upset and constantly angry. Having those emotions of anger, high cortisol levels, and high uh, stress hormones, they're not good for you. They're going to make you sick. They're going to break down your body. And the Bible has told us this, even in the Bible, before anyone knew about all of this science. He said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But what happens if when the sun goes down, some other kind of infraction occurs and another infraction occurs and another and another and another. When you're in an environment like that, you're always going to be on edge and uncomfortable and angry have to move yourself out of that environment. You have to be wise about how you do that. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions about this very specific subject, please feel free to leave me a message. You can leave the messages at Anchor FM and I'm working on a way for you to leave it in the link 
for subscription to the devotional. So you'll have a chance to ask me directly that way as well. But I want to encourage you, take a time to study the verses that I have put forth in this study. And I'm going to list them off to you. Uh, If it's possible, read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1, Proverbs chapter 22 and 24 through 25, James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20, also read Romans chapter 12 verse 1 through 2 read ezekiel chapter 36 and 26 read isaiah 26 and verse 3 as well as isaiah 58 uh, verse 5 through 6 so i hope you will take the time to read and meditate on those verses write them down and i want to encourage you to do it every day and i'm going to tell you a secret as a believer I have done this in my life and overcome things that were a trauma or a problem to me because I needed to move forward. Now, maybe my issue wasn't anger, maybe it was something else. But what I'm saying is as believers, we all have these different issues. As humans, we all have these different issues and they don't go away just because you are a believer. Some things do, but some things don't because that comes from the transforming of your mind. And also remember, you are both spirit and flesh. So there are some things that are in our sinful flesh that we're going to struggle with. And as they've always said, the one that you feed the most becomes the strongest. That's why fasting is important because it starves the flesh and it allows the spirit to grow strong through meditation and through reading the Bible and prayer. So I want to thank you so much for tuning into this Bible study. Uh, Do not hesitate to contact me. And I thank you so much. I pray that God blesses you and that this study has helped you. And stay tuned for our next episode of Letters to God. God bless you. Bye.
I'm at twitter.com forward slash one love live. That's O-N-E-L-U-B-L-I-V-E. Thanks so much. God bless and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Thank you.